start things off with the London game as the Buffalo Bills had a home game in London against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville stayed in London for the whole week as they eight days ago beat the Falcons and then yesterday played the Bills and Jacksonville came out on top 25-20. The Buffalo Bills a little sluggish. The jet lag a real thing. Took the red eye Thursday night, got to London on Friday, and the regimen was to stay up as long as they could to acclimate. So they had all of Friday, Saturday, and then the game on Sunday. And we had to wait till about the fourth quarter to get some action, and it was too late for the Bills as they lost 25-20. Crazy fourth quarter, though. Uh, going back and forth, the Bills put up some crazy drives, but Travis Etienne ran all over the Bills and had a big-time game with two touchdowns, 136 rushing yards. Going into the fourth quarter, we had a simple score of 11-7, to and then two touchdowns from both teams, just alternating possessions, got us the scoreline of 25-20, uh, part of that because the Bills failed uh, to get a two-point conversion, uh, which made it a hot mess for them. Uh, down by two possessions. Uh, we had a Tyler Bass onside kick for Buffalo, and he was so close. Uh, it was a great effort, but Evan Ingram of the hands team of Jacksonville hit it out of bounds, and the Bills were able to get the ball back with about 30 seconds. But they had 95 yards to go after a great punt from Jacksonville, and they went with the hook and ladder, found Stephon Diggs, and as he tried to pitch it to Gabe Davis, it was just a fumble fiasco, uh, fiasco, and Jacksonville jumped on it and ended the game. So surprising outcome. I think that's going to be something we're going to have to see, though, uh, as we go forward with these international games. We have one more Ravens-Titans in London, uh, in Tottenham, this coming Sunday, and then we'll trickle in that Germany series. The Colts and Patriots will play there uh, in a bit. The Chiefs also have a game in Germany in a bit. So I think half the battle is just being able to acclimate, and we'll see how that goes uh, down the road. Uh, but the 11 a.m. games, I mean, here for us in Mountain Time, blessed to have football start at, at 11 uh, right after the 7.30 start of London finishes up. The Falcons beating the Texans 21-19. Uh, kind of a sleeper game, uh, but it actually turned out to be some, some good content. Desmond Ritter threw over 300 yards, a big game for him, and the Falcons, thanks to... A clutch drive by Ritter and company get young Hoku in field goal range, and he nails it uh, for the game-winning field goal, and the Falcons go up on top 21-19. C.J. Stroud continues to put up some nice stat lines, and the rookie QB, after five games, is yet to throw an interception. Uh, and some are debating whether that's a good thing or a bad thing if he's being too cautious with the ball. Uh, but overall, C.J. Stroud has been dependable, and he's doing a good thing. Uh, and so far, interception-free. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks can't say that. It was a rough go of it for uh, Dak Prescott, uh, Mac Jones, old boy, and even Tua had a couple of interceptions. The Detroit Lions improved a 4-1. and one. I'm not sure if we thought we'd say that in the year 2023. The Lions beating the Carolina Panthers, who are having a rough go of it, uh, still winless. Top them 42-24, and the Lions just rolled. Aiden Hutchinson in his second year, the stud, has a nice pick, just got a paw on it, uh, 
from a little dump off by Bryce Young. Jared Goff rolls. Sam Laporta uh, has been I, the number one contributing tight end this year, whether it's real life or fantasy. He's been amazing. And without Amon Ross St. Brown, without Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery was great in the backfield, and the Lions rolled uh, the Carolina Panthers, a team that they, they should have. But, I mean, it was over after the second quarter. The Indianapolis Colts beat the Tennessee Titans 23-16. to This division continues to just be a hoot as the AFC South is just always close. Anthony Richardson got the start, and Gardner Minshew came in and finished things as Richardson left with an injury once again. But Shane Steichen got things figured out uh, in his head coaching gig with the Indianapolis Colts. He was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, and... Whether it's college or pro, once you have a great season, a lot of times your coordinators are picked off, and they were as Steichen got hired to be the Colts head coach, and the defensive coordinator is now the Cardinals head coach. That's the way it works. So Anthony Richardson is with Shane Steichen. Steichen trying to get the closest he can to Jalen Hurts, and uh, I would agree with that. The closest you can get is Anthony Richardson in a real-life scenario. So he started the game, did all right, but been getting banged up. Uh, he just sacrifices everything with his dual threat capabilities, and when he tucks it and goes, uh, he's been getting blown up a few times. So Garner Minshew, one of, if not the best backup in the league, comes in and still directs the Colts to a consistent finish, and they get the, the win at home with the roof open over the Titans 23-16. to and then in Miami, the Dolphins handled the New York Giants 31-16. to Tua, like I mentioned, threw for two picks. One of them, 102-yard pick six for the Giants. Uh, that, that kept New York in it, at least, you know, psychologically for a bit. But it just was not close. And, you know, the Dolphins still put up 31 points. Two huge touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. And, I mean, it is no joke. The, the Dolphins have the... F- I mean, on paper, the the stats show the four fastest skills players in the NFL, the top seven uh, fastest clocked, you know, speeds of a ball carrier are all Dolphins guys. Whether it's Devon A. Chain, Tyree Kill, or Raheem Mostert, they take turns and make up that top seven. Uh, Tyree Kill is the fastest at the moment. He's got some bragging rights, bragging rights in that locker room, which. I, it's got, arguably got to be the funnest locker room in the league, especially with uh, Coach McDaniels, who's just a goober. Uh, and Jalen Waddle it is a just a bullet, and he's not on that you know velocity list. Uh, but they are so talented offensively, on pace to set records for the most yards in a season. Uh, they just, I mean, they. They try to gain five yards, everyone does, and the Dolphins end up gaining 35 on every play, it seems. Even though, you know, they are not undefeated, they lost to the Bills, but they just continue to have some great performances. And even with a couple of turnovers, they still handle a crappy team in the New York Giants winning 31-16. The beatdown of the week, the New Orleans Saints go on the road and just pound New England and Foxborough winning 34-0. The Patriots are in shambles. They've been outscored 72-3 to in the last two weeks. And Mac Jones has been benched in back-to-back weeks. It's just a mess. And he started with Josh McDaniels, his rookie year, uh, calling the offense. 
And that, that's where Mac Jones had the best stats. Uh, but you could argue that's also where he had the best weapons. Last year, it was Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, Joe Judge, excuse me, guys who specialized in def in calling the defense and special teams, uh, joining forces to call the offense, which was a mess for Mac Jones. And now he has Bill O'Brien, who has a great mind. But there's been no consistency for Mac Jones, and the weapons are very suspect. I mean, Hunter Henry's a, an okay tight end, but the receivers are just, you know, your average guy, your wide receiver three on a good team. And so Mac has no weapons, but Mac has no confidence. And Mac Jones has thrown three pick sixes this season, all in the first half. Darius Slay took it all the way week one uh, when Philly made a visit to Foxborough. And then last week, or eight days ago, against the Cowboys, Mac throws a pick six and fumbles. And the Cowboys ran both of those back. And then in the first quarter yesterday, throws a pick six to Tyron Matthew. The Patriots defense is banged up and usually the strong point because of that evil genius Bill Belichick. But they're not going to come back from this. They essentially start every game down 7 nothing because Mac Jones has a touchdown pass to, you know, insert DB of the other team every first half. It is just a mess and frustrating to see uh, a great franchise and the greatest coach ever uh, struggle to put points on the board. Got shut out because they missed a field goal. The rookie kicker has been struggling, Chad Ryland. I think the majority of the nation uh, just sits back and laughs and basks uh, in the Patriots' struggles. They've had it so well and been on top in the last two decades. But for the Patriot faithful in New England, I mean, that that's not just a name or like a city. That's six states. It's a big region. For New England, it is frustrating. Uh, but kudos to the Saints, just a dominating performance. Uh, people don't realize their defense is legit. Uh, they, they've they held so many opponents. I believe it's 13 straight to under 20 points. And that's some that's some big-time numbers for them. And, and then we'll talk about the slugfest, also in the 11 a.m. games. The Steelers beating the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 to in the divisional game. Crazy stat here. The 34th game between John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. I mean, that is just... that They have been in the league forever and been loyal and, and consistent and both have won Super Bowls with their teams. I mean, crazy. 34th game. Coaching on the opposite sideline of, of Tomlin for Harbaugh's sake and vice versa. Played twice a year minimum. Uh, they've met in the playoffs... A little bit but you know that man they've been there for a while but that is just crazy they know each other well and I mean, that's what makes it fun uh, to watch these two teams just beat each other up twice a week excuse me twice a season and the Steelers come out on top 17 to 10 and the Ravens I mean they just they just let it go six drops and I mean Aguilar he's had his drops throughout his career he had one Mark Andrews had one maybe maybe half but it's kind of a bullet he still should have caught it Zay Flowers and Bateman just all over the place. And Lamar had one bad interception intended for Odell Beckham Jr. And, I mean, Odell was just not open on that play. And I also think I just Odell's kind of a whiner. And you're trying to get him involved, trying to get him a touchdown as a Raven and this and that. And he just forced that one. Trying to keep Odell on your good side, which is so hard to do. 
I mean, he had beef with a netting, a field goal net. And so uh, pick your battles there. But needless to say, if these Ravens skills players, you know, it, I mean, the backs, the tight ends, the receivers, all of them, if they can just catch the ball, uh, the Ravens would have won this game. And hilariously, Matt Canada's offense, horrible again. Uh, but Kenny Pickett just closes his eyes and throws it to George Pickens a couple of times every game, and it turns out to be huge plays. And George Pickens puts the team on his back uh, for a clutch touchdown at the end of the game uh, to get the Steelers the win by seven points. In the afternoon slate, Philly, 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 still five and zero, still undefeated. Now to five and zero, they beat the Rams twenty-three to fourteen. AJ Brown, I mean, he's just amazing. Still shocks me how the Titans let him go. Uh, they didn't really fight for him. Didn't really offer to overpay him. Uh, back to back to back. Yeah, that's three straight games with over 100 yards receiving f for the kid. Uh, just a just a stud. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to pick apart all the Eagles players because they're all uh, just studs with visors on. So Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, uh, even DeAndre Swift, they all blend together. Uh, they look amazing uh, on the field uh, throughout those scoring drives. But A.J. Brown, another big game. And the Rams, uh, they're still competing. I think you could find them with a wild card spot. Some would say Philly's the best team in the league. I think San Francisco proved that. At the moment, they're the hottest team right now. Uh, but Cooper Cup was back for the Rams, and Stafford was able to get him involved and continue to get Pukunuku involved. It was interesting to, to see how... They were going to play together on the same field. Uh, but Cup had 12 targets, 7 catches, 112 yards. And Puka had 7 catches on 11 targets. And back-to-back -back games for Puka Nakua with a touchdown. Uh, the tough thing is uh, it's been back-to-back -back losses for the Rams. But Puka Nakua still been able to play well. And Cooper Cup is it, just amazing. We forget about it. Uh, you know, two seasons ago, he was untouchable. You know, the Triple Crown. Uh, no matter the stat, he was the monster for it. And so if the Rams can stay healthy offensively, uh, they can have some shootouts with some teams. And they still have Aaron Donald on the defensive side uh, to try to get things under control. But Philly comes out on top, and they're still undefeated. The Bengals beat the Cardinals 34-20. to Last week in that loss to the Titans, Jamar Chase said, I am open every bleeping play. And, well, Jamar is open every play. Set a franchise record, 15 catches, three touchdowns, 192 yards. And Joe Burrow uh, signs that he's back, that he actually had some power in those legs and looked like himself, made, made those throws that we were familiar with in his finale at LSU and in his tenure with the Bengals. And the Bengals win that one handily 34-20. to uh, the Cardinals still still competing. Um, Josh Dobbs has played okay. They got Kyler Murray coming back from injury, and they're playing with house money because you know they they could play their cards right, get the first round draft pick. They have two first round picks. They could get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison, uh, the best quarterback, the best receiver. So they're still kind of trying to think about what they want to do. Do you want to trade Kyler Murray? Do you want to run it back with him? Uh, but while they think about those things off the field, on the field they've they've played competitively. They've had that fire in their gut, um, but they lose this one to a better team, uh, Cincinnati 
tops them by 14 points. Now the Jets and Broncos, where my co-host was to root on the Broncos uh, in their loss. The Jets win that one 31-21. Five turnovers in the game. Just kind of sloppy, uh, but also very exciting. And just a special day for Brees Hall. Last season, his season ended uh, at mile high. He tore his ACL uh, in the second quarter, and he was, he was having a great game. Uh, but yesterday, Brees Hall, 177 rushing yards, just a monster. Just could not bring him down, and he was gliding out there. And so a special game for him, a bounce back, and, and one that I, I just think every Jets – player and coach and every Broncos player and coach to mark this game on the calendar for several reasons uh, but when that clock was running out Nat Nathaniel Hackett he was uh, he was fired up uh, and for good reason uh, last year was a nightmare for him and for the Broncos as he had a chance at being a head coach and just did not work out um, but I, I don't know. I don't think the Broncos faithful will listen to me, but everyone else, the other 31 fan bases, do you think Bronco fans owe Nathaniel Hackett an apology? Uh, they were 2-3 and three, uh, with him. They're 1-4 and four and have an historically awful defense. That's not, a, that's not an exaggeration. This defense is is on track to go down historically as the worst defense ever in several categories, which is crazy. So I, I think maybe you cut him some slack. Sean Payton uh, just thought he'd walk in there and, you know, turn, turn it all around, and that did not happen. Uh, 199, 199 passing yards for Zach Wilson. He did his thing, did enough, made some big plays late uh, to chew the clock down to get a few first downs for the Jets, and. You know, he, he did just enough uh, to weather the storm. And the Jets win at 31-21. And, I, I don't know, Robert Sala just he seems to care so much, so passionate about his team and his players. Happy that the Jets were able to pull that off. But uh, it came down uh, to the end. But those turnovers, strip sacks, interceptions, muff punts, I mean, it just there were a few moments where it didn't seem like either team wanted to win. But in the end, the Jets' defense showed that that they were tired of losing close. And so uh, big big defensive play pulled that win out for New York. The Chiefs beat the Vikings 27-20. Back-to-back weeks for Kansas City where they kind of just work hard for a bit, then wait in the water, and they were able to pull out the win. And they didn't do anything crazy. They didn't do anything back flips, front flips. They just didn't tip over. Just They were just chilling around. Uh, Justin Jefferson did not finish the game for Minnesota. Had a hamstring uh, pull uh, during one of his routes. And so did not finish the game. They'll be monitoring that. So that's a big loss. Literally the best receiver in the league. And the Vikings seem like... They only they went eleven and one I believe last year in one score games and now they are zero and four this year in one score games and that has just been been tough for them they had their chances uh, but the Chiefs defense is sneaky good and the Vikings just 
they're so close, but these red zone turnovers, Alexander Madison just dropping balls that go right into his lap. They they gotta fix a few of those things and I, I don't it might be too late for them to turn things around, but they also have the Packers and Bears. So one of the one of the most unpredictable franchises this year, the Packers and just the Bears in their division, so they could still make some noise. Uh, but I mean it's gonna have to become a winning streak for them. Sunday night, San Francisco just dominated Dallas, winning forty two to ten, three picks for Dak Prescott. This Niners team is just so complete, the hottest team right now, in my opinion. I don't know how you could, you know, argue. Uh they just showed that they're a contender, and Dallas really is a pretender as they just just absolutely dominated. Nowhere to go for Dak, and the Niners just have dogs everywhere. This is not an exaggeration. At minimum, this 49ers roster has four Hall of Famers. Offensively, the left tackle, Trent Williams, is the best at his position. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league and a future Hall of Famer. And then we flip sides of the field. Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. He has the speed to cover these wideouts, just the communication to get the other 10 guys on the field with him locked in. And with his buddy Dre Greenlaw, they will just lay the wood. They will hit any gap and just wreck every idea you have possible. And Nick Bosa is, I mean, he had the most sacks last year. Uh, He's, I don't think he's going to catch T.J. Watt this year, but he's literally the best at his position as well. Check the contract he just got. Uh, so no exaggeration. At minimum, four Hall of Famers on this roster. And the roster is so stacked. And the reason why they're able to pay everyone is because Brock Purdy's still making $900,000 a year because he was the last pick of the draft. Uh, but he balances everything out. He doesn't make any mistakes. He deserves a little bit more credit than than he gets. Uh, it's autopilot with that kid. He makes so many great decisions and just gets everyone involved. I mentioned Jamar Chase had three touchdowns on 15 catches. Well, George Kittle, three catches, three touchdowns uh, in that Niners game. I mean, <laughs> why, you know, why, why wait? Why add it up? Just every time you catch a score. I mean, not that hard, uh, at least in George Kittle's sake. And at this point, I just George Kittle is just he's showtime. He just he is a goober, loves to be in front of the camera. And I just on these primetime games uh, that San Francisco plays, he always does something special. And in this case, it was a trio of touchdowns. Tonight, uh, in just under two hours, Monday night, the Packers head to Vegas to play the Raiders. Two and three, excuse me, two and two, Green Bay, one and three. Vegas, Jimmy G is back, projected to start after concussion protocol situations last week that did not allow him to play. This is, uh, I mean, I honestly don't know. Two, two kind of question marks for both of these teams this year as they've done some good things and some horrible things. Bakhtiari, just the great left tackle for the Packers, has having another knee surgery. He's out for the year, which is just tough. Uh, tough because... You love him off the field, also because he's one of the best at his position, and that just helps your your new quarterback Jordan Love have some confidence on his blind side. But it's gonna have to wait till next year. 
even if he'll ever have the chance to play with Bakhtiari again, he might go elsewhere. And the the interesting storyline is, is this, Devontae Adams gets to play against his former team. And I think you can read into it and kind of get spoon-fed that there's some beef with Devontae Adams and the Packers. But I, I don't really think there is. I think I think the, the Packers and Devontae Adams just have imaginary phone calls to each other to vent just how much they miss Aaron Rodgers, just how much easier it was for Devontae when he burned his man. He looked back and the ball would be coming his way, and now he burns his man and looks and Jimmy G's getting sacked or he's not getting the ball thrown to him or Jimmy G throws it to him or whatever quarterback you want to include, Derek Carr or Jared Stidham uh, from last year's affairs with the Raiders. He looks back and the ball's not going his way or it's going – behind him so he can get picked off and the Packers not that they hate Jordan Love but just the moments where Jordan Love makes young mistakes or misses an open man I'm sure they just imaginarily call Devontae and say I know man I know we just oh we miss him we miss him um but I I think Devontae will write a narrative for himself to have a big game it should not happen, but I think the Raiders are going to win. I really do. Uh, somehow they'll scrap it together and win. I think Jimmy G is still going to throw an interception, and Jordan Love will do okay, uh, but he won't convert some some big third downs, uh, which is going to lead to some first-half punts for Green Bay. And I think this is a close affair, like an 18-17 kind of thing, one-possession game. Uh, but... Two kind of rough rough teams, but the the Raiders have the best player uh, on the field in Devontae Adams. You combine these two rosters. And Jair Alexander is questionable for the Packers, but I think he'll play. Him and Max Crosby are probably tied for second in the best players in this whole matchup. And Crosby's the DN for the Raiders, and Alexander the DB for the Packers. So I... I I think the Raiders win this, but both these teams desperately need a win. I mean, three and two over two and three is just I mean obviously better. The real kicker is two and three versus one and four. I mean that is that is a punch to the face if you go one and four instead of two and three. So both these teams are going to give it their all. Uh, that's a no duh, but let's we'll see how that one plays out. Going to be an exciting one. And, yeah, we only have one Monday night football game. Uh, we had double features, um, but at least this week. Just one Monday night game, so we'll see how that goes. But I think even though they haven't proven anything, <laughs> I'm still going to just pick the Raiders to win. Feels right. Uh, could be regretting that in about three hours. A quick show, to the point, recapping the NFL uh, seasons. Excuse me, uh, week five of the NFL. We'll finish it off with our tough win and tough loss of the weekend. And we're just going to go to the realm of college football. The tough win. I mean, come on. The Red River rivalry. Oklahoma sticks it to Texas in a wild first half. The ball's going everywhere. You think they're going to punt it? Well, no, the punt's blocked. You think they're going to you know, pass it down the field? No, they're going to do a double pass. You think Quinn Ewers is going to handle the ball? Well, he's going to throw a pick. He's going to fumble. I mean, it just is exciting. It was exciting stuff. And Oklahoma beats Texas 34-30. to This was number 15 versus number 3. 
And now that number 15 beat number three. The, oh, the Sooners are now number five in the nation, and Texas is number nine. So, I mean, it's an exciting finish. Dylan Gabriel's clutch. He played a great game, the QB for Oklahoma. And Quinn Ewers did not play a great game. Quinn Ewers was perfect, worshipable in that win over Alabama and just had a rough go of it. Brent Venables is, I mean, he's defensive-minded. Clemson's defense when he was the defensive coordinator with Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, I mean, they were they were nasty. And he's got Oklahoma playing defense. Sooner Nation, uh, you, guys, you guys can actually play some defense. When Lincoln Riley was there, I mean, it was just crossing your fingers that Baker or Jalen Hurts would put up 63 points, you know, nine touchdowns throughout the game so you could win. Uh, but but now Oklahoma can be feisty on both sides of the ball. With all those compliments towards Oklahoma, though, don't sell that Longhorn stock. Okay, horns up. I think both these teams meet each other in the Big 12 championship uh, after a month, two months passing, you know, at the end of November. And, you know, the Sooners won the battle. They won the rivalry, uh, the game one. But I think... It's just going to work out in Texas's favor to lose early and then beat Oklahoma late, beat them in the Big 12 championship, and in the end, I think Texas will will get the nod from the, the committee to uh, have a New York Six game. I think it will get them into the college football playoff. If it doesn't, I mean, they'll be playing in a, in a nice bowl game. But, I mean, no duh, you want to play in the college football playoff. But what I'm saying is Oklahoma – they deserve it. They're the best team in the Big 12 right now. I mean, undefeated. But they're going to play Texas in the Big 12 championship, and the Longhorns will prevail in the end. Uh, which I also hope is ha- will happen. This will be so fitting at, for both teams to go one and one against each other this season before the eve of going into the SEC. So we'll see how that goes. And to finish things out, I mean, we got to talk about this. The tough loss of the weekend. The Miami Hurricanes losing to Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jackets, because they did not kneel the ball. So this is a tough loss for people with a brain and the Miami Hurricane fan base. Not the players, not Mario Cristobal, the head coach. I don't feel bad for him. He is foolish. He's so dumb. All they had to do was kneel the ball, and Georgia Tech will not get the ball back. It's impossible. Not enough time, no timeouts. They will not get the ball back. Unless you give it to them. Well, we'll run halfback dive uh, with a little bit of lollygagging. And they do. And the running back fumbles. And Georgia Tech gets on it. And, you know, what do the football gods do? Well, they're happy that Georgia Tech recovers the fumble. But, I mean, we got to have a story for this. And so Georgia Tech, with little to no time, they go quickly and score a late TD to win things 23-20. to 20. Four plays, 74 yards in 25 seconds. All Miami had to do was run the clock out and just a fiasco. Just, I mean, that, that's how Miami's been. Uh, the early 2000s, I mean, it was Miami. And now, you know, these last 10 years, it's just been Miami. Just, there's less ring to it. But Tyler Van Dyke... Three picks for the Miami QB, and they're favored by 19 points, and they're up 3 nothing at halftime over Georgia Tech. Uh, so 
yeah, we can focus on that last play. And we should because if they need the nail the ball, they win. Other times, you know, if oh, if we would have made three threes, we would have won. If we if we would have got a pick, we would have I mean, those are some pretty big would haves, but if you literally controlled your destiny, all you had to do was kneel the football. They don't. Instead, they run the clock out by literally running instead of kneeling, and they run and fumble. Uh, and also, you just got to get down. They're going to try to strip you. That's the only hope they have, and they were successful at it. And Georgia Tech pulls it off. So I'm sorry, Miami Hurricane fan base. To anyone on that sideline, you kind of just have to just taste that medicine. That cold, hard truth, because you let that happen to yourself. Self-inflicted. And Mario Cristobal thought it was wise to leave Oregon with the best jerseys in the nation and always successful seasons there in Eugene to go to his alma mater, uh, which, is, which is a fun idea, to turn Miami around and the figurative logo becomes literal as I really butchered that, literal as the Hurricanes rock themselves in a game they should have won. Miami remains ranked as the 25th team in the nation with a 4-1 record. Part of this is for advertising purposes. They play the number 12th team in the country this Saturday in North Carolina. Uh, in North Carolina at Durham. So number 25 versus number 12. Should they be ranked? Eh, they go both ways. But this will look good on paper. This will be a big bounce-back win for Miami if they can upset the Tar Heels. And also look good on paper for North Carolina if it shows that they beat the number 25 team in the nation, which the ACC has been shaking some things up, making headlines for those foolish plays, but also for Louisville as they upset Notre Dame. I thought Notre Dame was going to handle them and Louisville would never be ranked again this year. Uh, well, the Cardinals have climbed as with Jake Plummer, the QB. They remain undefeated and still making some noise with, with some solid play, uh, really for the Cardinals, as they're now the 14th team in the nation. And they play at Pitt, eventually will play against Duke and some ranked teams down the road. Uh, but they just beat the number 10 team in the nation, which lost on the last second play to Ohio State. So we connect the dots. Uh, there's a lot of equal, equally balanced teams. There's just not the solid favorite. This isn't the Georgia Bulldogs team of two years ago and partially last year. Uh, there's just talent everywhere. And the Transfer portal, NIL has made this such an even playing field. Uh, the landscape is just, I mean, it's even. There's balance everywhere. So all we can do is wait and see what happens. The college football committee is going to release some rankings soon. Such a shame we don't have the 12-team format this year. We'll have to wait till next season. Uh, but... I mean, someone's about to get ripped off at the end of this college football year. But all I can tell you is if you're undefeated, you'll get in. Uh, but, I mean, winning every football game, it's just, it, no matter the level, it's so hard. Team sport, uh, it's easy for Novak to Djokovic to just never lose because he's the best, but he depends on himself. So many variables with special teams, offense, and defense. And coaching, if you ask Mario Cristobal uh, at Miami. So there you have it. Thanks for jumping on with us on 91.3 The Blaze, Spencer Porter. Uh, just recap the world of sports. We're focusing on football right now. NBA is going to trickle in in the next few weeks. That will be exciting. Enjoy it while it lasts, Jazz fans. I mean, Utah's 1-0 uh, after winning in Hawaii in the preseason. Uh, but that doesn't really mean anything, but it's cool. Uh, we'll see how that happens. We'll talk more Jazz, more NBA down the road at the end of October when the season starts. And also some more baseball after 
this round finishes up. Uh, but the Rangers came to play. I have to say that. Uh, but I can't count out the Astros. I, it might be Phillies Astros once again. Uh, the Braves should be the best team and are the best team, but they, their kryptonite is Philly. Uh, it happened last year and not off to a good start uh, at the moment. Uh, but game two is tonight for LA versus Arizona and for Atlanta versus Philly. Uh, those will be fun to play out as well. Don't forget about baseball. Enjoy the Monday night football game tonight, but check in on baseball. You know, you cheesy America's pastime, but playoff baseball is fun. The crowd is into it, uh, especially games three and game four in Philadelphia. That Philly crowd uh, for the Philly games, Philly Phillies, uh, are just, they're electric. And that Grand Slam, uh, just that the crowd was so into it with Bombs uh, Grand Slam uh, in the first round. So... Thanks for being part of this. We'll go back to the music on 903 The Blaze and have a good rest of your day. We'll see you uh, next week uh, for another hour of sports recapping the weekend.